You are now listening to the Late to the Party Podcast. All right, where are we starting? Some, who's starting us off? Go ahead, Matt. The floor's all yours. <laughs> the floor's all mine. He's stuffing his face with ice cream over there. He can't talk. So. Well, I didn't know how long he was going to be. That's why I made myself a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> Do you want me to start off? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one podcast in the country. <laughs> late, late to the party podcast. We have Zach eating ice cream. Trevor uh, Trevor over there licking his wounds because his starting quarterback left. <laughs> I thought you meant like licking his wounds as in he just got out of the ER last week. Yeah, he also got out of the ER after last week's show. What he did though is he did recover. He did recover. He did recover. We got Michigan, a Michigan man, earns their way to the playoff. Oh God! <laughs> if we're gonna start anywhere, any, if we're gonna start anywhere, let's start there. USC and TCU. Luckily, TCU still good, but man, USC. It's like the same. No matter who the coach is, there it's like the same story there every year. Did you guys watch that? Did you guys watch the Utah USC game? Yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. I had to watch it. I mean, my entire season depended on that game, basically. So I don't think, really really so think it would have made a difference if um, TCU lost big. I think it would have been more of a hurdle for Ohio State to get in if USC won. So thank God that Utah won that game. But what were you going to say, Matt? Utah so what we based the last show upon is it's tough to beat a team twice in the season, the same season. Did not hold true for that game, that's for sure. <laughs> nope, it did no, not. not. <laughs> no, um, USC cannot tackle. I mean, that was absolutely pathetic. Their defense is horrible. I mean, we saw that early on this year too. Talking about how, like, you know, they have the playmaker and Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams is banged up. Obviously, I'm not making any excuses for Utah because you can be hurt like Caleb Williams has. But if you're going to be a playoff contending team, the other guys are going to have to step up and help them make plays. There was literally absolutely nothing that USC did on outside of Caleb Williams that gave him a chance to like to win that game. I mean, they were dropping passes. They were uh, they couldn't tackle anybody. I remember who, who was that play that Utah had where the tight end scored and he broke like four tackles. And then number oh, yeah. seven on USC was like one of the most pathetic. No, I was gonna say number tackling. seven. <laughs> Dude, oh seven on USC, you need your man card revoked because there was multiple times when number seven on USC got absolutely run over. And, yeah, I said the same thing last week. I'm like, do these guys know that we still play tackle football in college? It's not, it's not two-hand touch, not flag football. It's not seven on seven. It's tackle. Like, holy shit, you could not tackle anybody USC. Like, I didn't. I had forgotten, uh, Zach, that Alex, Alex Grinch was with Ohio State before Oklahoma, but I guess uh, – the more things change, the more they stay the same. This team cannot tackle. And I think I saw in the athletic after the game, there was a headline, uh, vintage Lincoln Riley, great offense, no defense. And I said, no shit, Sherlock. I could have wrote that headline for you seven weeks ago because that is, that's always been Lincoln Riley. And until he changes that narrative, that's always going to be Lincoln Riley teams. Uh, let me put this in perspective real quick. And you know what? Maybe this is me being a dickhead OSU fan right here. How the fuck does Alex Grinch still have a job? I'm serious. How does he have a job still? He keeps getting these defensive coordinator roles. And let me remind you this. The year that Ohio State 
beat Michigan at home in Columbus when they killed them. That was a that was a game that we all expected Ohio State just to fall dead. Anything, and that was literally the only time I felt like the defense looked competent that season under Alex Grinch. They couldn't line up correctly. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't defend the pass. They didn't have a pass rush either. And then this guy gets ridiculed in Columbus. And then he, Lincoln Riley gives him a chance. And he, what does he do when he goes to Oklahoma? He does the same thing. Oklahoma's defense stinks under Alex Grinch. And then when he leaves the USC, I don't know what Lincoln Riley was thinking trying to bring this guy over, thinking that he could somehow change the defense on USC, a team that's had defensive problems before Lincoln Riley even got there. So, you know. I, I, I just don't I don't see how this guy still remaining with the staff after this season. If they want to make a serious stride at like it, it, it's not like they don't have they have talent. They have good recruits. It's like, well, what are you doing with them? Like that was pathetic. It was absolutely pathetic what they did against Utah over the uh, this past weekend, considering they were up two touchdowns and the lose by three. Like, come on, man. Matt? Uh, you know, it's, again, like, I think it's just a typical, like, Lincoln-Riley team who gets there and then they lose the game they need to win. Like, all you really need to know is that that play at halftime where they, uh, like, squib-kicked it and that kid gets the ball and then tosses it back 30 yards. <laughs> like, that's really that's really all you need to know about where that team's head was at. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I really don't. Like, I just don't, like... It, 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 like you, like, and, and I guess it's more of a disappointing thing too because this is like what we expected from Utah for ninety to ninety-five percent of this season, and it just like it, it just like it doesn't make sense to me how the Pac-12 just seriously does this year in and year out. They'll have teams that look unbelievably good, and then they just suck in like two or three games that are like either not important or very important. It's like Utah losing the Oregon, and they lose to Florida. They, they lost to – who else did uh, – Utah lost another dumb game this year. Who else did they lose to? Washington? They lose to Washington? I, I think. I'm not 100% sure. You might be right. They lost three, they lost three games yeah, this season. Yeah, they lost and three they, games. Yeah. And, then they, and, then, and then you have you – have, you have on paper your conference's best team, and they lose by three touchdowns in that? I mean, come on, man. I just like – They lost uh, – to... Florida, UCLA, and Oregon. Okay, so oh, yeah, UCLA. UCLA yeah. Right. I mean, it's like the Pac-12. And you know what it is? It's like, understand the optimism. And it's like, oh, well, you know, the Pac-12, like, you only got a couple schools in here. They could make a running for the playoff. But they do this every single year. And it's like, this is why we don't take, we take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to the Pac-12, because this shit happens. Can you imagine if this USC team got into the playoff? what they would have looked like against Georgia. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, though, because Georgia, uh, USC did go 4-8 and eight last season, and Lincoln Riley got the team to one, within one win of the playoffs. So I think that's a kind of a successful season if you kind of take it from a 20-feet view. But I am going to say this. Utah, all they're known is as the – all I'm going to ever know this team as is the party ruiners because that's all they are. Because they always have all this fucking hype going into the year. They lose fucking some dumbass game during the year. Like, they lost to fucking Florida, and they lost to UCLA, and they lost to Oregon. Which me and you, which me and you picked. 
We both but, picked Florida because we knew this was going to happen. It's just like frustrating though. they have all these expectations. They falter from their expectations five games into the season. Then they ruin somebody else's party at the end of the season. It's like literally it, this, this has been the story for the past like three years with this team. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely vintage Utah. Definitely a, just such a gut punch for the Pac-12. You were right there to have a, a team finally back in the playoff for the first time in a long time. But, um, you know, obviously Caleb Williams getting hurt did not help their cause because if he's healthy, you, you're thinking he, he has the, the uh, firepower to keep him in that game blow for blow. But obviously he's on one leg. He becomes one-dimensional. He was just getting – he was just a dead man walking back there in the second half. Just so many sacks against him and – Maybe that's karma for Peyton, fuck ND, and fuck Utah on his nails, but, you know, I'll leave it at that. So, Yeah, I'm just happy I don't have to watch that freaking team. Uh, do you guys want to talk about uh, TCU, uh, Kansas State? Might as well. That was a hell of a game. Yeah, that was awesome. I thought Kansas State was going to run away from that a little bit, like, for, for a while. But uh, Max Duggan, man, he really uh, showed why he belongs in New York. I mean, TCU's had a hell of a year. He's been a He's been the, you know, the focal point for them this year and, like, the leader. Um, I just think that, you know, without him, they would have probably let that game get away from them. I think his toughness and his uh, uh, ability to not say no to losing that game and just to fight till the end really gave them, you know, an extra boost. And, you know, that's so important in a, in a tight game. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, I hope, you know, when they play Michigan, like, I hope that, like, they don't roll over and die. They just, you know, they play hard and they, they play the way they did in the Big 12 championship. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, we're talking about TCU and giving them a lot of credit. And more credit to Kansas State. I mean, shit. Won the freaking Big 12. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, yeah. they're going to play – they're going to play Alabama for the Sugar Bowl now. And likely they're going to be playing an Alabama team that's not going to have Bryce Young. So, I mean, they have a very, very good shot at beating Alabama in that game. So I've actually so I'm actually very happy that Michigan plays TCU because like although it's like a cool story I do think they're the worst of the four teams in the playoff right now and besides that Iowa State game I mean their last like five or six games have all been close games um and I feel like their coaching is kind of suspect because first of all you start off with that Baylor game like yeah it worked out but in like any other situation that wouldn't have worked out. And I got to ask, the quarterback, Max Duger, like he's balling all game. How do you have three plays at the goal line and not have one QB sneak? He was gassed, probably. Gassed. I, I don't give a fuck. You are <laughs> one play away from being in the college football no, championship, I'm guaranteed. Saying, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong or anything like that, but like that's really the only thought process that goes in there. You, you saw him. At the end of that drive, before they went into overtime, the dude was dead. Well, he ran he like seventy team. yards in three points last drive. My boy needed some oxygen. Nobody's giving him no oxygen. Like I'm like, what the hell? Get this guy some game off here. what Sonny Dykes was thinking. He was looking at him and he was like, oh shit! Like this guy has no. Like, we're gonna have to freaking find a new way to get in the end zone because this guy is gonna fall over like a freaking feather. <laughs> if he uh, like we try to give him I just, the ball. I kind of feel like we have to tr- like. It's a cool story, and they made it to the playoff. But the only reason they're actually in the playoff is because USC didn't win their game. You know what I mean? So they're kind. Of, they got. I mean, they got lucky. Good for them. I mean, it's a cool story. Um, I don't know. I just would have liked. I still think they would have been in. 
What's that? If USC, if USC I think won, if, I think if you, I think if USC won, I think TCU still would have been in. I think Ohio State would have not gone in. Ohio State would have needed USC to lose. All oh, I know you're saying. I know you're saying. They wouldn't have been able to penalize TCU for that. I, I, it's one thing to penalize an undefeated team for going to their conference game and losing it overtime. It's another thing to penalize a team that has more losses, lost their conference championship game by three touchdowns, and couldn't fucking tackle. I mean, that's the whole reason why USC got eliminated. I don't think TCU would have been eliminated though. I think if both teams won, like I thought was going to happen in my predictions last week, I think USC and Michigan would have matched up, and I think TCU. And Georgia would have matched up. And then we probably would have had an automatic Georgia-Michigan national championship because clearly those two teams are not better than Michigan and Georgia, obviously. I'm not really giving TCU much of a shot either to be Michigan, but, you know, that's just my opinion. I mean, on the flip side, good for Kansas State. Now, all of a sudden, Will Howard, that guy balled out coming in for Martinez. Like, all of a sudden, if Martinez can play in this bowl game, you got two, two quarterbacks to throw out there against Alabama. I'd be able to yep. switch up the dynamic. Um, on paper, it might seem like a mismatch, but don't count this Kansas State team out against Alabama. We're going to find can out we, who wants to be there. Can we talk about how big of a win this is for Kansas State? Let's look at the Big 12, for example. You got Oklahoma and Texas are both leaving the conference in the next year. And you got Kansas State now, who I feel like has done well at the transfer portal, doesn't recruit badly, and they have a coach that has a proven winning record. And it's like these guys, it's like, You've seen Kansas State even in the in the spotlight when Bill Schneider was there less than ten years ago when they were a number one team in the country at one point. Um, I mean this this is big for their program. I mean you're talking like a Power Five conference in the Big Twelve that you know if they're able to get a win against Alabama, it's going to catch the eye of recruits. It's like we can go and we can we can start, we can and and say what you want about Bryce Young not playing and all this other mumbo jumbo bullshit that's going to come along with this whole narrative it's like oh they didn't beat alabama alabama is still filled with five-star and four-star recruits that are all freshmen and sophomores that are going to play in that game regardless so if kansas state can find a way to win that it's going to speak volumes about the program they're going to be elevated i feel like it's going to help them in the big 12 and it's like they could be looked at as one of the top tier teams of that conference in the next five to ten years if they're able to continue this it's all about that mumbo jumbo bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, um, do we want to briefly touch on LSU Georgia? I mean, no surprises there. Yeah, who wants to take this one first? All I'll say is that every time Brian Kelly gets curb stomped on national television, an angel gets his wings. <laughs> I just think, like, I think we obviously knew that Georgia was going to win this game. I mean, Georgia always steps up in these big, like, primetime, like, ranked matches. But I will say this. Your defense was eh. Yeah, I agree with that, Zach. Even their backup quarterback was going up and down the field passing yards. Like, I think they had over 500 yards passing in the game. I mean, and even Kirby even Kirby Smart said it. He's like, we cannot play defense like that and expect to win in the playoff. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's going to continue, but, like, I mean, we'll, like, listen, I think we all three of us collectively know that Georgia is the best team in the country. When they're, when they're locked in, they're impossible to beat almost. They, 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 they yeah. run, they embarrass you, they wear you out, they score. You can't, you can't score on them. But I will say this. There have been instances this season where we've seen Georgia look very vulnerable. Then when they unravel, they become very, very um, like like hot headed and start turning on each other on the sidelines. We saw it against Kentucky when they struggled offensively. 
We saw heads uh, butting in the Missouri game. They struggled in that game. And we saw it against Kent State. And listen, I know these are against schools that are, like, not, like, top tier. But it's like, all right, well, you know, what if we get in a situation here where, like, you know, either Ohio State or Michigan, whoever plays them, or TCU in the playoff, saying they figure out a way to stop Stetson Bennett on a couple drives, and then they might sneak a few scores on the defense. Is Georgia going to be start like, are they going to be playing as loose? Who knows? Matt? I'd also like to, coaching, speaking of coaching again, I'd also like to know how nobody on LSU knew that the ball was live when the field goal got blocked. Oh, my God. What a bunch that, of was, that was so pathetic. Like, another special teams blunder who, from a guy in Bryant Pullian, who was a very special, good special teams coach at Notre Dame. I don't get what's going on with him. He, he's, like, completely lost his mojo this year. And well, shout out, um, I, I forgot what the player's name was that returned the kick, but like shout out to that dude. He knew exactly what he was doing. He waited over the ball, looked at the ref, the ref, waited for the ref to almost blow the whistle, picks it up and fucking runs for it. I'm not going to even fault the LSU coaching staff on that one either because the Georgia, did you see the video of the Georgia special team guys in the booth? Oh yeah, he was pissed. He was pissed at first. He's like, don't pick the ball up. You know what the fuck was going on. So, like, that's more on the players. That's coaching on the players. Uh, I mean, you say what you want about, like, uh, the, like, oh, well, you know, it was a hesitation on LSU's part. The guy in Georgia had a perfect play. He waited till the C if to look at the ref. The ref didn't blow the whistle. He looked at it, and he picked it up and ran with it. And his coach – and I'm not going to – I'm not giving any credit to the Georgia coaching staff because we all read that play the way the coaching staff in the booth read it. They were terrified to death. They thought he made a mistake at first, and then all of a sudden when they saw him picking up the ball and the ball had – I mean, the whistle had been blown, then they were all like, oh, oh, my God, what a great play, blah, blah, blah. So let's 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 not stray, stray away from that real quick either. So, Just quick, one more thing on Georgia. I, think, I feel like focus is their biggest thing, right? When they are locked in, as we've seen this year several times, they are almost impossible to beat. But there have been times where they are not fully focused, and we've seen that too. So – I mean, obviously, playoffs coming. We'll get into that in next episode, but it's, it's time to focus and lock in. And I think, you know, I mean, they are, so and they, they are, they are beatable. I mean, they are beatable. I mean, it's not like it's gonna, it's, it's gonna take every ounce of your team to beat these guys because they're so fucking talented. But, um, you know, they've shown times of vulnerability, just like I feel like every team in the in, in the country has at some point. You know. Outside of, I hate to say, outside of Michigan, Michigan's looked pretty damn good in every single game they played in this year. Whereas Georgia's had a couple games where, like, they've been kind of, eh, what, what are we, what are we doing here? You know, so. All right, boys. Considering it's about nine thirty on the East Coast, we are in the middle of uh, the prime time segment on TV. Do we want to transition into the biggest coaching situation to take place with the? Uh, the Pac-12 in Colorado going prime time. Well, the Thanks. disrespect. We don't even talk about the Michigan game for two seconds. Unbelievable. No. What's what talk, about? talk about the talk about the freaking Michigan game first. I guess. Actually, you know what? All I'm gonna say is Michigan continues to be the best second half team in the country, and it's not even close. And I also just love how Brom just texted all his players to let him know he was dipping real quick. <laughs> That's all um, I Aiden, that game. Vintage, vintage Purdue, Aiden O'Connell teases 
you a little bit. He flashes with some good passes, and then he threw some horrible picks. Some of them were not his fault, but then he looks just god-awful. And, yeah, I think I said to you, Matt, I'm like, it's almost like Michigan purposely saves their energy for the second half because that was a two-point game at halftime, and they just came out and completely steamrolled, rolled over the Boilermakers in the second half. It's just like just uh, vintage Michigan again, just out, out, out physicaling, out-toughing a team for the last 30 minutes of the contest, and uh, back-to-back big – 10 East and back-to-back Big Ten titles. Sorry, Zach. It, it's kind of funny because, like, all the announcers, too, on, like, uh, Big Noon Kickoff are always have a boner because of Loveland being from Idaho. But that dude is a baller. Him and Edwards are definitely Michigan's offense going into next year, too. I think I, I, think, I think Edwards is better than Corm. Edwards is a beast. Well, he's Corm is just, like, Corm is great. But uh, Edwards just has a better, I feel like, a better body type. He's a yeah. better running back, that's why. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, listen, I think Corm is a fantastic player, but Edwards is definitely more skillful. That's in my, that's in my opinion. Listen, not a, not a terrible problem to have when your top running back goes out and the, sec, the guy who comes in does even better. And to think, that say, Ohio, and to think Ohio State would have fucking had Don Edwards Edwards, too. And he was set to visit Columbus and was trending towards the Buckeyes, and then the day Trevion Henderson committed, he uh, removed the Buckeyes from his list. So... I just That's think the way they're mulling people right now, you could put me back there that, at the running back, and it wouldn't matter. So, yeah, I, I'm also looking at all these offensive linemen that are transferring out. Like, there's a couple that left Alabama. There's like a lot of good. I'm like wondering how many of these guys want to go to Michigan, just because I feel like the way they're developing their offensive line right now, or or even like any kind of like, uh, yeah. Michigan, or even like I, I hate to say it, like OSU is in that position as well because you know you, you've got Paris Johnson going out in the first round this year too. So I mean, I, I mean obviously Michigan's a lot better like situation, but um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. We definitely gonna have to touch on like the transfer portal on that too in a little bit as well because it's just been a fucking crazy week. I'm also wondering if the mass exodus from Alabama so far is because Billy O'Brien's leaving. Yeah, but wouldn't you want to stay if you found out he was leaving? Isn't he, like, the bad part of Bama? Mm, debatable. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll find out, right? Trevor, what were we supposed to go into before we got interrupted and had to talk about Michigan? <laughs> oh, he wants to talk about primetime. <laughs> primetime coming to Boulder, Colorado. Why are people so mad about him, Him like, saying all that to the players about like them also i love the way it's like fuck off dude i love the pat mcafee thing that he said too it's like deon sanders is going there because you guys suck at football like sorry exactly fucking 11 they were an overtime last minute touchdown away from being an 0 and 12 team and everyone's all up in arms like oh these young men have worked hard to get here but they stink they stink you know something if i work at my job and my company's not making money are people going to go vouch for me on the internet and be like, you know, Zach Chandler lost his job. The company's not doing well at all. But, um, <laughs> you know, he shouldn't have been fired and they shouldn't have said those mean things to him. No, they didn't do their fucking job. They're not making the university money. The, 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 the program has become completely tarnished. And you know something? You spend $6 million on Deion Sanders to come coach your football team for two reasons. One, to bring his uh, swagger in the coaching expertise that he has. And two, you want him to bring the coaching staff and the players to make them better. And what better opportunity to do that and to take advantage of the transfer portal? So all these people complaining about all this soft and sensitive bullshit, shut the fuck up. 
Colorado stinks. They're a 1-11. He's coming in here to fix things. And you know what? The players that don't deserve to be there, go hit the portal and go play Eastern Michigan or Western Kentucky or Florida Atlantic or wherever the hell they're going to have to go next. I'm sorry. I mean, that's just the way it is in college football now. You can't be going 1-11 on the D1 level. It's embarrassing. Um, credit. Kudos to the Colorado Athletic Director. Talk about putting your balls on the table. When I first saw this last week, like, oh, USF and Colorado are candidates for Deion Sanders. I was like, what are you talking about? They're not going to these schools. What the hell are you talking about? And then it kind of became reality. And you can tell, like, I think this AD had to convince their board to do this because clearly they don't have the money right now. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. But um, just, hey, whether it works out or not, it might not work out. But all of a sudden, you have a team that was nothing. They've had two winning seasons in like 20 years, Colorado football. And Everybody's talking program. about them. All you need yeah. to know about the Deion Sanders impact is within 24 hours, 200 people, kids from the transfer portal, contacted Colorado about possibly going there. I know. I mean, Colorado, a once great program. Remember in the 90s when Cornell Stewart yeah. did the Hail Mary against Michigan? They, awesome, yeah. awesome times. <laughs> I do remember that play. Sorry, Matt. But, um, yeah, Colorado. You know what's funny, though, is, like, I'm, trying, I'm not trying to interrupt you, Trevor, but, like, even, like, looking forward to next year, like, we dump on the Pac-12, but they're going to be, like, kind of stacked next year. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you might have a little recruiting race, arms race here between USC and Colorado. It's kind of crazy. And, like, oh, yeah. Oregon's going to get some transfer quarterback. USC is going to be good. Washington has their whole, like, panics coming back. Panics coming back, yep. Utah's going to be good again. Yeah. Um, so might be harder for you guys to dump over the Pac-12 next year. So, um, I'm not going to, I'm going to pump the brakes on you there, right there. I mean, like, li- li- listen, I, I need to see it before I can believe it was a Pac-12. Yeah, and I agree with you. I was just going to say, <clears throat> now what happens with Sanders, right? He was a big fish in a very small pond in the SWAC, right? Well, now he's, he's not in that small pond anymore. He's in a, he's in a much bigger pond here in, in, in the Pac-12. You got USC over there. You got Oregon over there. Like it's not a slam dunk that this guy just automatically turns it around. Yeah, but I mean, like, dude, that's I mean, I I mean, I, I these players love this guy. I yeah, mean, they love Dion. I mean, I think that like he 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 easily can go after those California kids, and he does. They don't have to go far now. At West and like, I'm I'm very interested. And apparently now, Mike Zimmer, the former coach of the Vikings, who was with him at Jackson State, apparently he's joining his staff over at Colorado as well. He's got a crew coming with him. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. So I think in terms of Sanders, though, so in the division he was in, he brought serious talent to play against other teams that don't have serious talent. So I think what you're definitely going to find out now is if Deion Sanders can coach or not because the talent's definitely going to be a little more equal than it was. Mm-hmm. I just think I'm for gonna... better or for worse. Go ahead, Trevor. Go ahead. Yeah, for better or for worse, my last word on this, all eyes are now on Colorado. So that's... At the end of the day, that's if you're the AD from Colorado, or if you're a Colorado fan, that's just the home run right there because everybody's going to – they are relevant. Now, you went from being completely irrelevant to completely relevant overnight. It's crazy. Do you know who they're opening up their season with next year, Colorado? Is it Colorado State or somebody else? At TCU. Oh, that'll be a good one. And then the following week, they go to Nebraska. Oh, old-fashioned Big A rivalry there. So I know, but I'm 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 excited to see this. Like you know, Dion's got a test immediately 
in front right. of him. They got to go could, play TCU. Yeah, they could be zero and two. They could be zero and two to start their career there. So. Well, actually, I looked at it right now. So actually, they're going to TCU and then they're playing home against Nebraska and then they got home against Colorado State. But then you know, yeah, their Pac-12 schedule is a nightmare, guys. A nightmare. They're gonna play Utah, UCLA, Oregon, USC, Oregon State, ASU. That's that's fucking tough. Yeah, it's gonna be some uphill sledding, no doubt about it. But um, like why you is Florida before? opening up the season at TCU again next year? I mean, why is Florida uh, opening against Utah again? I mean, probably home, home and home. probably home and home. Yeah. Florida's going to Florida's going to Utah now, and then uh, Utah went to Florida this year. They're home and home. Do we um speaking of home and home? Does Ohio State play at Notre Dame next year? Yes, they do. September twentieth. There you go, home and home. So September twenty third. The, the week, yep, the week before my wedding. Mm mm mm. Anyways, all right. Um, I'm gonna fucking miss that. I kind of just got lost here, but it's almost like I'm looking at a repeat of this year's schedule because like Texas goes to Alabama next year. Yeah. Yeah, the home and homes coming coming here. So. Uh, well, not well, not not every team does home and homes. Like, for example, yeah. Georgia does neutral site field in Atlanta, and then they stop playing the team. Well, Georgia traveling to Oklahoma next year. Wow, are they? Oh wow, wow! Just fucking five years late for God's sakes. <laughs> well, that's a, this is a, this is a, sh- a story for another show because I could yeah, go is. balls deep in the schedule. <laughs> oh yeah, do it as a little off-season schedule for next year. Some of the upcoming opponent opponents are interesting, but I wonder how much of it's going to hold true with all the changes coming to the playoffs. So we'll see. All right, guys, I think we got to talk about the transfer portal. Hey man, that's your favorite subject. That was freaking wild, wild west on Monday, dude. Dude, you gave me such. Dude, the transfer portal gave me such a headache. I had to stop looking at it. To be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, shut the fuck up. I had push notifications on all day. Every update I had was marvelous. It was great. <laughs> I mean, I wanted 2,000 people in the portal by the end of the day. And listen, not every one of those kids, unfortunately, is going to find a spot. But, like, it just it gets the juices flowing. It's like free agency. It's like I'm, I'm fucking not playing for my team next year. I'm going out. Like, I'm trying to find somewhere new. Um, I will say this. You tell me what your surprises were for the transfer portal. I was very surprised to see that Devin O'Leary is leaving uh, NC State. Yes. I feel like, is this precedent here now? It's like any good quarterback all of a sudden wants to leave. It's like, I guess Drake May staying at UNC last second, but I, w- I was fully expecting him to leave. It's like Devin O'Leary was Bur- a, it's a Joe Burrow. It's a Joe Burrow effect. Yeah, that's true. Um, at first, I was shocked with Pine, but then I realized, like, they're Notre Dame's probably bringing in a guy. Buckner's coming back. Pine risks being back to number three next year, so I can't blame him for wanting to leave. Uh, he did it. He put he put his he put himself on tape. He wants to be a starter next year. Let him go be a starter. So at first, I was shocked by it, but I'm like, figures. The guy got better and better and better as the weeks went on, and now he transferred. But good for him. I, I think he saw the writing on the wall. It was going to be tough to, to keep the starting job next year. And that's just the I, reality I'm of the situation. Conv- I'm convinced he's going to Wisconsin. I mean, Astrid Thayer, you've been pulling that out there a few times. So I just they don't like have a quarterback yet. They don't have a quarterback. you got the new coach in Fickle. I feel like Fickle's going to go to the transfer portal and try to grab a guy. He's going to want to grab a guy that's probably like, Feeling like he got a chip on his shoulder because he felt disrespected. Not that I felt like Notre Dame did anything purposely wrong to Drew Pye, but him to Wisconsin makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of schools that probably need quarterbacks. Ohio State is another school that's in an interesting 
situation after Stroud because you have two guys. You have Kyle McCord, who was the five-star recruit, who clearly hasn't been that impressive to the coaching staff because he hasn't really got much playtime. I mean, fucking Quinn Ewers saw the field before Kyle McCord did. And then you have uh, Devin, uh, oh God, Devin, uh, Devin Brown, I think his name is. It's the other guy at OSU who I think they might be looking at as well. But I mean, it's 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 crazy. It's definitely going to be interesting. Florida, another situation. You got Anthony Richardson going to the draft. Like they're they're kind of in a situation like that. Georgia, who knows what they're going to do? So it's yeah. it's crazy. I, I, I was surprised to find out that. JT Daniels didn't go to Oregon State because they didn't give him a house like he wanted to. And I was also surprised that somebody, a school thought Phil Jerkovich was good enough to be their starting quarterback next season. He's going to pit, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so oh it's weird God, because so bad. He, did have a, he did have a good year in 2020. And the OC who was at BC that year, he is the OC now at Pitt. So it makes sense for him to go there to try to turn his career around. But um, I just think. You talk about the Joe Burrow effect before, Zach. It's not just him. I mean, look, it's Hennon Hooker now. It's Bo Nix. It's Max Duggan. Like, these guys have all proven you transfer and you can become big stars. It's no wonder why all these guys are trying to transfer and look for look for greener pastures. Well, like, why are people mad about that? Like, you know, like, you know, like oh, it's like ruining college football and all these guys are going to get jobs. And it's like, dude, like, it's like you – It's it, I, I compare it to a work. Like, you take a job somewhere and you think it's a good fit, and it's not. You find out it's not a good fit for you. So why are all these people all up in arms and all upset? Like, oh, like the grass isn't always greener. And it's like, well, you know something? Maybe it wasn't as green <laughs> where they currently were either. I mean, like you, you move you move on to find something better for yourself and you take a fucking risk. And listen, I know we're ragging on JT Daniels when you get to like, a tr- like become trigger happy and you start transferring every fucking five months. But like. I mean, I, I, like at that point, I think you kind of start to figure like, is the problem the team or is the problem me? You know, what is, like, for the, I have one question though. It is a little strange that six starting quarterbacks from one conference are all transferring. This in the ACC or is that ACC? The ACC, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they were they were fucking terrible. They were a joke, and they. Were, <laughs> it's just like. I'm very interested to see where these quarterbacks are. Because if you think about it, like, if you're a decent quarterback, like, I don't know. Like, would you go to the ACC right now if you were one of those quarterbacks? Yeah, no. Um, calling it right, so I'm calling it right now DJ to Ohio State. Whoa. Who are long ago late? No fucking way. No way. Um, if that um, happened, yes. I would need instant reaction from Zach. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, 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 I would be shocked. If that even happened, though, I though his father, his brother is actually rumored to be going there, but he's not a quarterback. He's a defensive end. Um, but I, I don't I don't see DJ doing that. I see DJ probably going back to California or somewhere on the West Coast. Probably I can see him ended up somewhere. Um, I, for, I don't know why, but I feel like Oregon's going to make the most sense. Oregon makes a lot of sense for him. Uh you know, Washington State could make some sense for him. Oh, I also so I looked up a uh, Arizona, I looked up a, a six State, I looked State. up a six potential destinations for former Clemson QB: Arizona State, Florida, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, and Notre Dame. I might take a flyer on him. I might see if Tommy Reese can turn him around. I mean, it's tough to turn out a, a guy with that. NFL body with a five-star recruit. I mean, you might you might take a fire on him, but I don't. 
it's going to take a lot because he's, he's just a broken quarterback right now from, from working I at him. Think that Ohio, I think Ohio State could fix him, too. I mean, yeah, I Corey, think with, with the right, with the right the, coach, he could turn around. Here's the risk you take. If you take in DJ, I mean, you're losing like two or three quarterbacks immediately. They're going to be pissed off a bunch of guys in that room. So that's what Ohio State's not trying to do because you have the number one recruit and Dylan Rayola coming in in two years, and it's like you don't want to do anything to fuck that up. So, so I was looking I this up about um about JT. I guess he was hurt back in 2019. If he applied, decided to apply for a red shirt and two more years, that, he would still get two more years. So he could he could our dream of having him play at every Power Five conference school at every Power Five conference could still happen. He still got the ACC to go and the Big Ten, right? So, oh my God. It's I like it, the age of quarterbacks is like fucking crazy and like how all the medical red shirts and all that shit works out because like Setson Bennett's 25. Lamar uh-huh. Jackson's been in the NFL for five years and he's younger than Stetson Bennett. Like that's crazy. That, that is freaking yeah. nuts. That is nuts. All um, right. A couple other quick things in regarding to some changes. We talked about Dion. We talked about that. Um, I know you guys have been ran raving about the Wasabi Bowl, but can you talk about how awkward things are between those two schools? They're just, like, exchanging players. Well, it's funny because that's going to make, like, a stupid-ass bowl game at Fenway Park, like, actually, like, really fun. It's, like, funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the meme where the two Spider-Mans looking at each other. I know. I know. You feel like, like the, the defensive coordinators and the head coaches are switching, like, they're literally just walking to opposite sides. It's like they're just going to trade players in uniforms at halftime. Oh I just God. find it funny that, like, Cincinnati poached Scott Satterfield from Louisville, and the Louisville fans are basically like, oh, thanks for taking him off our hands. Like, we like we hate him. So, like. <laughs> Dude, what a fuck. That, okay, so, like, can we get into winners and losers right now? Why not? We love it. Let's go. All right, let me, let me start off. So, that's my biggest loser of the week is fucking Cincinnati, man. You lose Luke Fickle and you hire Scott Satterfield. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see what the hell they see in this guy. I mean, like he was just like a train wreck. I get it. You want to talk about what he did at App State? Go ahead. Like fine, but like I, I remember reading that. Those are the. I was sending the screenshots to you guys. Like even freaking uh, Josh Pate tweeted it. He's like Scott Satterfield's leaving um, Louisville. No, I'm sorry. Wait, am I missing that? He's leaving Louisville, right? Leaving Louisville to yep. go to Cincinnati. And he's nope. like, and Louisville fans are helping him pack his bags. Yeah, it's like, that was basically the vibe. So, um, I mean, I guess the only thing I could see is that it's basically within, within the same area. So, he's maybe he's recruiting the same area. He's already familiar with the recruiting ground. But other than that, you're right. I mean, I wanted Cincinnati to take a run at uh, Kyle Whittingham. Um, you're going into a big conference. You're going into the Big 12. Make a splash, and you lose Luke Fickle. The best you could do is Scott Satterfield. Yeah, I would. I agree, Zach. There's That's no the, way. I, I, there, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think Kyle Whittingham is way out of Cincinnati's league now. I think Kyle Whittingham, if you like, he really wanted to get a good job, he could. He could I, call me crazy for saying this. I think Kyle Whittingham <laughs> could get a job at a Blue Blood program if they were like kind of down on their own. Like I really, I, I sincerely yeah. and believe I, that. I don't even think he's gonna leave Utah. He's very comfortable there. He's yeah. turned them into like a Pac-12 power, basically going back-to-back conference titles. So, um, do you have uh, any you more? Tell, I, I, I would, I would take him immediately if, like, I would if my program was in disarray and I wanted, I needed yeah. a higher guy. I just I don't, I just don't, never get why this guy doesn't get more run. Like, you never hear his name come up for any of these job openings because I, I think he's built a damn. Yeah, I think he's built a damn good program over there. 
he's been there for what, like 15, 16 years? Long yeah, time. Yeah. Like he remember Longer. he he beat um like it was like his first second year after Urban Meyer left. They beat uh Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, like ended like so like these he's he's won at a high level over there. So I'm I'm just surprised he never gets more run for like any of these more prestigious jobs, quote unquote. Right. Um winners losers that one of my losers, the Pac-12 yeah, missing out on the college football playoff once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had Tulane down as one of my winners going to the first Cotton Bowl in school history. That's great. I picked mm-hmm. them. I picked them to win, and I, yeah, that's awesome for Tulane. Um, couple, you want me to go or no? Go for it, boss. Go, Trevor. Go, Trevor. All right. Um, big. Uh, yeah, Big 12. Just a great year for the Big 12, capped off by an amazing title game last week between Kansas State and TCU. They were the most entertaining conference to me this year, led by TCU being that storybook team, kind of. Just, just a great year. Definitely winners in my book, the Big 12. And I hate, you know, we can we can poo-poo it, but Clemson's won seven out of eight ACC titles. So you got you to gotta give it to them. Even in a quote-unquote down year, I know they have their issues. Like, they don't have a quarterback. I understand that and other things. But they still had 11 wins. They easily beat UNC this past weekend. You know, Dabo's a good coach. And, you know, maybe they're not on the the cream of the crop right now, but they're just, they're just a notch below. And they're, that's still a hell, of a, a hell of a program. That's a, that's nothing to sneeze at, seven out of eight ACC titles. I'm sure he's wishing he would have made the change sooner. Yeah. I have another loser. Um, well, I actually have a couple losers. Um, you guys definitely saw this coming. I said it a few weeks ago. I knew it was going to happen. Uh, Texas A&M loses again. I mean, they lost 16 players in the transfer portal. I mean, that's fucking bad. I'm I sorry. Think they, this. they lost the most players, didn't they? They did. They they were losing. I mean, they were they weren't losing at first. Virginia Tech, who also is another loser. Virginia Tech's sure. in a bad bad spot right now, guys. I mean, I. The ACC, we're talking about all these quarterbacks transferring. I mean, shit. Like, Virginia Tech is in a very, very bad spot right now. I don't. I they're they're, they're going to be due for um, some rough years coming. I don't really see them uh, being good for a long time. And uh, I'm looking. I'm just looking at like Texas A&M. To me, I, I mean, if we're giving out end of the year awards, I think they take the crown for the biggest loser of the entire year. They had a pathetic season. Granted, I don't give a shit. They beat LSU. Whatever. What do you do? Like, you guys were ranked sixth in the country to start. You had the number one recruiting class. You're putting all this money in the boosters, funding all this money in for the players. And now no one's buying in the Jimbo. Players are obviously, like, u- upset. They're doing stupid shit in the locker room, like smoking weed and just, like, not, like, abiding by any rules. And then you have this transfer portal situation. Matt, I had my notifications on, like I told you, for – the uh, transfer portal. I saw Texas A&M pop up probably once every 45 minutes yesterday. That's crazy. It, it's like it, uh, Max Exodus. If I was a fan of that program, I would have been tearing my hair out if seeing that bing, A&M center, transfer portal, A&M wide receiver, transfer portal, A&M this, A&M that. And then it was also not even just a culmination of the, the portal players. You're talking players who decommitted. Ones who were supposed to go to A&M they didn't even include that in the stat. It was 16 players from the team that left the team. Speaking of, so is there like a deadline of when players? Alabama, have to... 
Alabama lost a lot of players. Too. They lost. They did lose a lot. I think they lost, they lost one like of three offensive linemen. Why? Their backup running back. Linemen. And they just lost their co-defensive coordinator. He's going to be um, Dion's defensive coordinator at uh, Colorado. So, um, quickly, obviously speaking of Dion, that's the one loser for me is the swack. You're pretty much widely irrelevant. Not you know, it is what it is. You weren't really getting that much notoriety before Dion got to Jackson State. And then he, he put you guys on the map, put that conference on the map, and they were cool for a few years. And now, fortunately, it is what it is. You're just going to leave them in the dust. It's not anybody's really fault. I mean, he's not supposed to. He can't be the savior of everybody. You know, it's like he's got to do what's best for him. But I feel like we talked about the situation kind of in the chat. Like a lot of those schools are just in financial straits. Like he was only making 300k a year over there. You can't blame the guy for wanting to to go from 300k a year coaching to 6 million coaching. So, unfortunately, oh, the SWAC yeah, is losing in this situation. So. Well, I mean, they don't have the money and the resources to compete. It's unfortunate, you know? Like, it's just like, it just, uh, it's a reality of college football. And it's not just like, it's not just like HB, uh, HBCUs we look at in that, like, mindset. I mean, you look at other schools that, like, they are viewed as a stepping stone to, like, the Blue Bloods. Yeah. It's, just a matter, it's a matter of fact, you know? It's like, yeah, I mean, look at Purdue. Look at Purdue, for example. They're playing in a conference in the Big Twelve that just got awarded twelve million dollars because two of their teams made the playoff, and their head coach wanted to go coach at Louisville instead. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you gonna do? It's just like, so, yeah, it's crazy. You know, football could be a major money maker, but it can also be a major also, money drainer. Actually, so. I have one more winner that I had written down. Usually, I don't like to give the NCAA a lot of credit. But I will give them credit for granting Virginia's players that were in their last year of eligibility an extra year because of yep, what happened. I agree with that. That was a solid yep. move. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, those those poor guys are going through so much. I mean, football has been the last thing on their mind. Um, you know, I know we talked about it on the podcast a few weeks ago, but I'm just like, you know, I, I, I like that, you know, they're putting the students first. It's just it's like not normal that they get something right. So I'm glad they did. I know, I know. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm very, very, uh, I was very happy to read that. And just like, oh man, what an awful situation over there. It, it, they, they're, they're still like grieving hard, obviously. I mean, that's something that sticks to you the rest of your life. It's just, you never get over that. It's just awful. Yeah. I mean, one thing you do say though, sports brings people together and it's cool to see their men's basketball team balling out right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're back to vintage uh, Tony Bennett. They're they're gonna be tough out this year in the conference, like they like they usually are. So, yeah, you know what, guys, if you guys are bored uh, in the middle of the winter after football season's done, I wouldn't mind hopping on here for a basketball episode either. You know, we watch a lot of hoops too. So yeah, maybe we could try to do like a, a once a month thing after. Yeah, I'm done. I got nothing to do yeah. in the winter. I got nothing right. to do half the time, anyways. All right, what are we moving on to next? Getting into the the big pick extravaganza. We got like sixty picks to make. Well, I think, <laughs> what about Heisman? Well, you guys want to just do the Heisman oh, real quick? Yeah, yeah. Good point. So, is it? You think it's Caleb or the field? Let's start with that question. I think it's Caleb because I forgot which game I was watching, but they pretty much said that a lot of voters sent their votes in before championship weekend even happened. Which is so mm-hmm. dumb. So I think if that is true, I would say it's probably Caleb Williams. I will say this. I have a problem with the uh, voting situation they have with the Heisman. I do think that the championship has to be factored in. I'm sorry. I feel like so much can be decided in, in, in those games. I think I just, like, I agree with you, Matt. I think if the voters mailed it in and just didn't watch the championship game, then Caleb's going to win. 
But um, if that wasn't the case, then I would go the field. And I'd probably put – I look at a guy like Max Duggan, for example, that I think that, like, yeah, he doesn't probably put up the statistics that you would see for a Heisman, but he's the heart and soul of that team. And he had a, he had more of a Heisman moment this past weekend than Caleb Williams has had. So, worst worst voting system: Heisman, the Heisman uh, committee, or uh, MLB Hall of Fame? Oh man, they're both. They're I think both uh, Hall of Fame because those people put their bias, their personal prejudices and biases in there. So. All right, so I actually, all right, I know we're talking about Heisman, but like I don't, I listened to Zoe and Bertrand a little bit. Which, all right, so. Fred McGriff has been on the the fan, the uh, Hall of Fame ballot for ten years and has never gotten over forty percent of the votes, but Kurt Schilling has gotten over seventy percent every year he's been on. And somehow they make this new baseball committee for like I guess it's like a last chance vote thing. And somehow Fred McGriff gets over gets in over Kurt Schilling. Like that's fucking retarded. Well, no, because it's it's unfortunately what's going on is like they're factoring in like politics and Kurt Schilling's uh, an idiot. Steroids and all that. Well, yeah, yeah. Kurt Schilling is a he's a complete wild card and he's a psychopath. So like, but you know, like I I, I hate to I know people don't want to hear this, but I mean you're 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 judging for what they did on the field. I'm sorry, they did something on the field. You're judging for like their ball player. They're not a, like look at like in the words of Charles Barkley, he's not a fucking role model. He's not there to like be like a respectable, uh, reasonable person. He's he's a little unhinged. He's a he's a lunatic, but it doesn't change what he did on the baseball field. I'm sorry. Like I I, I view the same thing with steroids too. Like I just that's just my personal opinion. I still think you need to hit a baseball. I still think you need to be able to do like you know decent fundamentals. Um, that's why I think Bonds should be in. But like yeah. And we're talking like voters versus like the Heisman. The Heisman system is extremely flawed and has problems, but the baseball writers are a fucking joke. And I think everybody knows that. So first um, speaking again for about the now the Heisman. Um, like I, I said to the other day that I want to use Trevor's like word. Uh, can we abstain from the Heisman this year? Because I don't know if anybody really took the bull by its horns. Um I don't know. I I just think Caleb Williams is gonna win just because they probably, knowing the voters, they probably didn't didn't watch the weekend. But if they did watch the weekend, I would say Max Dugan probably deserves it because it obviously shows that he's the heart and soul of that TCU team. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the week before Williams, you had his Heisman quote unquote Heisman game against Notre Notre Dame. Unfortunately, it was it was a dud. Anticlimactic last week is not his fault. He got hurt, and I would agree. Uh, Matt Duggan had his. If you didn't, it doesn't win it. He's, he's going to come pretty damn close. His quote unquote Heisman game, putting TCU basically on his back at the end of that, even though they lost. But what a hell of a performance! So I think that game catapulted him into this Final Four. I would fully expect him. I would be surprised if he's not second place in the Heisman voting. I think he's going to go Caleb and then Duggan. I mean, we'll see what happens. That's my expectation after the game he had against Kansas State. Um, I guess one more quick thought. What are your thoughts on Stenson Bennett getting him? I, I disagree with that. Horrible. So, so I gotta yeah. I gotta add a loser thing real quick before I get into Stenson Bennett. I have one more loser of the week, and it's Caleb Williams for being a douchebag and writing "fuck Utah" on his oh, fingernails, and then getting curb stomped. Yeah, I mean that's that's called karma. Maybe if you believe in karma, I mean that's that's kind of what. Stetson Bennett, 
sure, he's the quarterback on the best team. But, like, I looked at his stats, and I didn't realize his stats were as bad as they were. Like, he's only got 20 TD passes for the season. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. Why not, like, dude, like, why not just invite Hendon Hooker? Yeah, it should have been it should have been handed over 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 him. No no doubt about it, Zach. Fucking Blake Corn. Yeah, or definitely at least handed Hooker. I mean, it's not his fault he got hurt, but he was putting up video game numbers, and he took Tennessee from nothing to like almost number one in the number one in the country for a week. Like that that's Heisman worthy right there. And to me, that sets a bad precedence like moving forward because it's like, oh wow, if a player misses one game then he automatically loses out and going to New York. It's like, come on, dude. Like, are we really going to fucking do this? I'm like, yeah, the guy tore his ACL in the second to last game of the year, and you're going to strip away a chance for him to go to New York City because he got hurt that way? I'm like, I just think that's so wrong. And, I, like, I, I know you don't like this name, but even Drake May deserves to be on the list no, before, I, I agree with before you. Bennett, Bennett does. 100%. I agree. Well, I think we're going to look at all the all the video game stats, and we're going to see Stens and Bennett's. We're going to be like, well, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I'll tell you this uh, right now. I swear to fucking God, if C.J. Stroud finishes below Stenson Bennett in the Heisman voting, I am going to lose my goddamn mind. I would be stunned if that happens, but I don't know. I mean, I, I do I think be... Stroud, Stroud's going to finish third. I think Duggan's going to finish second. So I think is going to win. 3,400 yards, which ranks 11th in the country. 20 touchdowns, which is tied for 42nd. Like, and then six picks. Like, those, I don't know. That's not great numbers. He's a game manager, and he manages the game well. But I don't know if he's up there with college football's elite. Well, send fucking J.J. McCarthy there, too, for God's sake. Send Paul, somebody right? there. Come on. Actually, let me like, look at J.J. McCarthy's numbers compared to him. His completion uh, percentage is better. I know that for a fact, but his passing yards are way down. That's the reason why JJ is not there. Twenty-three hundred mm. yards and twenty TDs, so he's got like thirteen hundred yards less. Mm. Yeah, but the same amount of touchdowns. Yes, and less picks. So, yeah, so there you go. All right, you ready to? Who's got the games? I have them. I have them up. I'm looking on Action Network, home of Brett McMurphy. <laughs> All right, um, here we go. We're just Fuck gonna. I know, but anyway, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna stop you real quick in your tracks. Yep. In all respect for the game, are we saving the Navy Army game for first or last? No, no, let's do that first. Thank you for bringing that up. So, um, all right, Army Navy in Philly next year's gonna be at Gillette, which we definitely should try to go to that. But anyways, Army Navy, Army's favored by one. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? I'm rolling with the United States. What? Go USA. No, everyone wins in this game. Oh, shut up, dude. You got to pick some. This is such a cheese ball. <laughs> no, my, uh, shout out to my friend Steve Caravana, who I uh, went to West Point, a lieutenant in the Army. Uh, I always roll with Army. Can't pick it against him. But I also feel bad because uh, my uh, fiance's dad, uh, he, was in the, he was in the Navy as well. But he roots for Navy, so I'm kind of torn. But I, got, I, I, I always roll with Army. So I'm going with, I'm going with the, the, uh, the Black Knights. Matt? Um, I'm going to go with the Army. And then I got one prop bet for you guys just between us. Over or over or under 20 under. completed passes? Under. Under. Yeah. I think it's also under. <laughs> and, I, and I love those it's kind of games. Triple, triple option and run up the middle. That's what this game is all about. It's all about the veer, the fullback dive, the way and block. I love it. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be different. Anchors away. Give me give me Navy twenty to sixteen. So you passing yards per game, Navy ninety one, Army eighty one. Oh my god, this game is gonna be something. But I don't know, but this is like I don't know, we're like football guys, so like we watch this game like knowing that's gonna happen, but I love it. Oh, I love this I game. The good thing, thing is that if you don't want to stay watch it that long, it'll be over in like an hour and a half. So <laughs> All right. First bowl, Friday, December 16th in Nassau, Bahamas. The hometown lenders, Bahamas Bowl. UAB minus 12 against Miami of Ohio, the fighting Ben Roethlisberger's. No analysis, just give me your picks. UAB's had a uh, not too bad of a season. Miami, Ohio, uh, what, what was their record? Like five and six or something like that? They're like both six and six. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with UAB here. I think UAB's been a little bit better of a program the last couple of years. Um, I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I look at Miami of Ohio. They're probably the fourth best college football team in, in Ohio. So I'm going to go UAB. <laughs> I'm also going with UAB. <laughs> I'm going to go, well, Miami covers, but give me UAB by 10, 37 and 27. All right. Friday, December 16th, Orlando, Florida, the Duluth training company cure bowl between <laughs> Troy and UTSA, this is a pick'em game. Both, oh, I both, actually, this is, both eleven this is and two. I, I I watch this game. This is a good game. Um, wow. So I honestly think Troy you're gonna watch gonna a win. fucking three o'clock bowl game on a Friday. Yes. <laughs> actually, you know what? Honestly, uh, that's probably the most the most chance I'll have to watch a bowl game if it's in the I'll afternoon. Tr- I'm gonna try and get out of work early. I go to my nearest fucking Chili's and watch that game. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say this real quick. So UTSA, um, you know, they, 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 re- they rode the wave a lot last year. They had a pretty good season this year as well. Um, I just think Troy's a, I think Troy's a good football team and they, they took care of coast Carolina last week, uh, handily. Um, they definitely should have ran away with the Sun Belt this year too. Cause I just felt like they were the best team all year in that conference. Give me Troy, uh, to cover. Wait, it's not. Oh, it's a pick'em, right? It's just, it's just the pick'em, so Troy to win. Oh shit. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just pick Troy to win. I guess, but I think Troy's gonna actually win by a little bit, uh, a decent amount. So, okay. Yeah, these are two good teams, uh, two conference champions. Uh, this could be a low key good game. I'll take Troy as well, thirty-eight to thirty-one. I am gonna take UTSA thirty-one to thirty. Oh, love it! All right, Saturday, December seventeenth. I think Matt and I will be live on location. The Wasabi, the first, pretty much the first ever Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Last couple of years canceled to COVID. I don't think, hopefully, it won't happen this year. But interesting, two teams with new coaches in limbo: Cincinnati, Louisville. This old rivalry, the battle for the keg of nails at Fenway. Louisville is minus two. What are your thoughts? If I hear one more goddamn thing about the fucking Wasabi Bowl, I'm going to lose my mind. You guys are driving me crazy in this chat. About the wasabi bowl. Wasabi. <laughs> so we got, we got, uh, wait, the matchup. We have Louisville and Purdue, you said? No, Louisville and Cincinnati. Louisville and Cincinnati. Okay. Um, now this is kind of a tricky one. Louisville is a weird team in the ACC this year. Cincinnati, you know, I feel like they, you know, they had a decent year, but like every good team that they played in their conference, they, they lost those games. You have UCF and then Tulane. Um, I'm I'm gonna roll uh I'm gonna roll with the Bearcats here. 
but I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be pretty. I think it's gonna be an ugly game. But I'm gonna go Cincinnati. Hope you guys have fun in that game. All right. Um, so former Patriot Super Bowl MVP Dion Branch, Louisville Cardinal. He's gonna be the interim head coach for this game. Usually when those guys come back and coach that one bowl game, there's teams usually win it, like a Barry Alvarez or, Mar- or a Bob Stoops last year for Oklahoma. So I'll, I'll continue that tradition. I think Louisville beats Cincinnati 34-23. Uh, to 23. Give me... Give me Louisville 28-23. All right. Saturday, December 17th, Albuquerque, New Mexico, the appropriately named New Mexico Bowl. BYU, SMU, Alphabet Soup. Um, so BYU and SMU, uh, the Mustangs are favored minus two. Thoughts? I fucking hate this game. I hate this game <laughs> so much. Um, yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. BYU, BYU stresses me out. I just feel like they have games that look great. SMU, I just don't really trust them. So I'm going to go BYU here. Um. Uh, I take BYU by four. Let's say like something like twenty-four to twenty, something like that. So I agree with you, Zach. These are two teams that had kind of disappointing years, but I still think BYU is the better team than SMU. Uh, give me BYU thirty-three to twenty-seven over SMU. BYU forty-one to twenty. Saturday. December 17th, Los Angeles, California. The Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) The Jimmy Kimmel is the real thing. The Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl between Fresno State, Fresno State, and Washington State. Fresno State favored by one. Fresno State's favored by one, huh? Um, Yeah. I honestly don't think Wazers look bad in some of their big games this year. They've had a couple duds, but like they're not a bad team. Fresno State's a weird team. Didn't they just? Didn't they just win? They beat Boise yeah. there. The they won. Yeah, they won in Boise to win the Mountain West. Oh man, um, shit. That's a tough one. I'm not gonna stray away from it. I'm gonna go Wazoo. I'm gonna pick the. I'm gonna go with the Cougars. I'm gonna pick Washington to win. Uh, 28-21. The Carr brothers and Pat Hill are gonna be smiling down from heaven. Oh, Fresno. God. Fresno State, twenty-six to twenty-one over Wazoo. Uh, Fresno, twenty-four to eleven. This is gonna look be looking bad on your standings now when you start losing all these games. <laughs> Saturday, December seventeenth, Mobile, Alabama, the Lending Tree Bowl between Southern Miss, the Fighting Brett Favre, and Rice University. Southern Miss is minus seven and a half. Fighting, stealing welfare from the people of Mississippi. <laughs> well, we don't we don't talk about that. But anyways, <laughs> so Southern Mississippi versus Rice. Um, yeah. And who's favored in this game again? Uh, Southern Miss minus seven and a half. All right. Well, I'm a believer that I'm a believer in karma, so I'm going to pick Rice to win this game because Southern Miss is a bunch of scumbags, and so is Brett Favre. So I'm going with Rice. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know Rice was good enough this year to make a bowl game. I don't know. Yeah, they have five wins. Yeah, they have five wins. Bowl eligible after five wins. Oh God, this is again exhibit number one million. Why there's too many fucking bowl games? You got five win Rice in a bowl game. Uh, Give me Southern Miss. Yeah, right. Southern Miss forty-seven to twenty-seven. So Rice finished the season one and four, 
and uh, Mississippi finished the season uh, two and three. So they're both crap. Um, give me the fighting welfares. Uh, <laughs> 30 to 17. <laughs> I, I, before we continue, Trevor, you take back what you just fucking said about too many bowls. There's never too many bowl games. What am I gonna do with what am I gonna do with myself at two o'clock Thursday when I can watch the McKinky Car Care Bowl or whatever the fuck it's called? Right. So it, it is good when you're on vacation <laughs> in between like Christmas and New Year's and you got nothing to do with the house. I I, I will give you that. But uh, anyways, Wait, all right. I think the big question is though, is has Trevor put up his Christmas lights yet? Oh, uh, N to the O. Yeah, Obviously, right here. Yeah, right oh, there. Looks like freaking uh, Winter Wonderland over there for Zach. So Yeah, we got the Celtics and the Sun starting right now, too, so it's going to be a good night. There you go. All right, Saturday, December 17th, Las Vegas Bowl in Las Vegas, Nevada, Florida, and Oregon State. Oregon State minus one. Oh, man. Uh, Florida usually does pretty good in their bowl games. They very rarely lose them, so I'm going to go with the Gators. Um, I'm going to say big. Say Florida win by like 10, 10 plus at least, so like 34, like 21 or something like that. So we'll go to the Gators. Um, so I'm assuming since Richardson's going pro that he's not playing in this game. Yep. Um, Give me Oregon State 31 to 19. I think this could be a hangover game for Florida. They might not want to be there. They're going to be getting lost uh, on the way to the stadium like in the hangover oregon state um 30 to 19 oregon state 30 to 19 all right here we go saturday december 17th frisco texas the appropriate name frisco bowl between (laughs) boise state (laughs) oh yeah boise state and north texas boise state is minus 10 and a half but this is basically a home game i think for north texas so anyways um, no, North, North Texas is not winning this game. Boise State is probably so upset that they lost that conference championship to take all their anger out and win this stupid bowl game. So give me Boise. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think Boise will cover. Um, let's do 31 to 17. Boise State covers. Yes, Matt, it's your turn. Hmm. I went against Boise last week. <laughs> He's doing some thorough research. They're not going to lose it again. They're not going to lose it again. 45-17. They're going to win big. There you go. Boise's a good bowl. Boise's like a stupid good bowl game team. They're going to fucking run some trickery of the Statue of Liberty, and they'll have a grand old time. Hey, Jared Zabransky smiling down from heaven. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. Who was that All guy right. that got punched in the face by LeGarrette Blount? Yeah, that was that was a guy on Boise State. I forget his name, but that, I remember that he got banged out pretty good. So, then he like well, Garrett Blunt get like suspended a whole year after that. Anyways. Yeah, he missed the entire. Yeah, I don't think he ever played again in Oregon either. That was that's a, that was a little extreme. Come on, I mean, I'm not for violence, but to suspend no, he, a whole guy for all year. No, he got suspended for the whole year. I think he just declared for the draft afterwards. Yeah. All right, Monday, December nineteenth, baby, Conway, South Carolina. The Myrtle Beach Bowl, UConn Huskies bowling against Marshall. The Thundering Herd are favored by 12 and a half. Who wants to take this one first? You UConn homers can go first. 
I'll go. I'm, I've been beating the drum for UConn for over, over almost two years here. My boy Jim Moore gets some. Hope he gets some love for Coach of the Year. Unfortunately, though, I think Marshall wins this game quite easily. Um, let's go, Marshall. Thirty-seven to ten. Okay, so I didn't realize that when Legarrette Blount punched that guy, for some reason I thought it was a bowl game, but it wasn't. It was like one of the first games. It was like the first game. Yeah, it, was a, it was the first game of the year. It was Oregon, it was Oregon yeah. at Boise State, the first game of the year. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. that. Yeah, he was suspended for all year. Anyways, Matt, the floor is yours. Is Jordan Todman uh, shining down from heaven right now for this game? <laughs> and Dan Olofsky, of course. Oh, um, Donald Brown. <laughs> Anthony Sherman from Attleboro. 34 to 17, Marshall. <laughs> right. I'm picking you. I'm picking UConn. There you go. UConn, this is a Super Bowl for UConn. They're going to come out and they're going to win this game. U C O N N. UConn. 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 All right. Tuesday, December 20th, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise, of course. But not with Boise State. This is San Jose State minus three against. Oh my God, this is a horrible game. San Jose State <laughs> minus three and a half against Eastern Michigan. Oh God, puke! Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. San Jose State's actually been pretty good this year. I think San Jose State's going to win big. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Spartans. Are you sure there's not too many bowls back? Because Eastern Michigan's fucking playing in a bowl game, dude. It's just so fucking funny, though. We have to watch San Jose State. I don't mind some play. of these games, but the fact that a five and seven Rice team is playing in a bowl game is probably not great. Yeah. Uh, give me San Jose State thirty four to twenty seven over Eastern Michigan. Sorry, I'm just scrolling back up to this Eastern Michigan's. Oh, God, <laughs> just trying to look. I'm trying to do some analysis here. Yeah. You know what? Eastern Michigan ended the season on a three game winning streak. Oh. Give me give me Eastern Michigan uh 34-27. All right. All right, Tuesday, December 20th, Boca Raton, Florida, retirement country. It's the roof roofclaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl. Toledo. Oh, aren't they the Mac Champs, right? Toledo. Yes. Minus one against the former fighting you free Hugh Freezes of Liberty. So Toledo minus one against Liberty. Toledo, 35-21. to 21. I agree with Matt. I don't trust Liberty at all because of that loss to UConn. So I'm going to go Toledo. To- Toledo, 35-7. to seven. So we all we all love Toledo in that game. We, we love some max. Clean, clean sweep. Clean sweep, <laughs> baby. All right. Now we're on to December 21st, four days till Christmas. Um, December 21st, New Orleans, Louisiana, the RNL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl. South Alabama, <laughs> South Alabama, minus three and a half against Western Kentucky. Good luck picking this game. I know nothing about either of these teams. You know what I uh, love is Trevor complaining about uh, too many bowl games while also taking the time to write down all the games that we're picking. I did. I literally, instead of doing my schoolwork the other night, I was like writing religiously down every single bowl game. So. <laughs> Who wants to take this one first? I'll go first. Whatever. All right. Um, let's go with an upset here. Western Kentucky. Give me Western Kentucky by six, 
42 to 36. That's six. That's my, yeah, that's six. Okay. I had to do the math real quick. 42 to 36, Western Kentucky beat South Alabama. Both of these teams are weird to figure out. Didn't South Alabama, like, hang with UCLA and Troy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they almost did beat UCLA. I remember that. So. Yeah, so South Alabama's had a couple games where they've looked, like, not too bad. And then you have Western Kentucky, who um, they had one game this year where they, they held somebody in check for a little bit. I forgot who they played, but. Yeah, this is a this is a toss up for me. I think I, I think South Alabama is going to win this game. So I'm going to give me South give me the uh, Cougars. Is that what it is? The South Alabama Cougars or uh, Panthers? You say so. I, gotta, I, I know Western Kentucky's the Hilltoppers. Oh, sorry, it's it's the Jaguars. My bad. Uh, damn it! How dare you mess it up? So. Um, give me Georgia. Uh, what do you mean? Give you Georgia. It's South Alabama and Western oh. Kentucky. <laughs> oh my God! I don't know what just happened. I just got no. I meant out. South Alabama. I don't know why I was thinking. I was thinking South Georgia for a second. I don't know why. Did you guys? Um, I just got booted out of the call. No, we. You're frozen, but we hear you. That happened to oh, me. Okay. That happened to me before. Just keep going. Just keep rolling. We're fine. Go ahead, Matt. Is Zach here? Yeah, he's here. Sure. All right, yeah. give me Alabama thirty-four to ten. South Alabama. Alabama. South Alabama. He thought give it was. He thought it was. Give me USA. How about give me the USA? Thirty-four to USA, ten. USA. 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 All right. We actually speaking of USA, we got the Armed Forces Bowl next Thursday, December twenty-second in Fort Worth, Texas. Air we Force. To fucking, we haven't even got to fucking Christmas yet. <laughs> we gotta, you better get I a pot of coffee. Say, I gotta, oh man, I was gonna take a picture of how Zach's face was stuck. Now it's back. Uh, we'll get stuck. Damn it. All right, Air Force against against Baylor minus Baylor's minus five point five, five and a half. Who wants to go first? Baylor's a bunch of frauds. Air Force is just like I can't really figure them out either. Um, I'm just gonna go with the better program, so I'm gonna pick Baylor. Um, I've always liked Troy Calhoun. I think they still run that kind of triple option, don't they, over there? I don't know. For uh, any- Air Force, yeah, Air Force still runs the triple option. Yes. Yeah. Which I guess they obviously have more than a week's notice to prepare, but I think Dave Aranda's had a, a down year. <laughs> I think the down year concludes with a loss to Air Force. Give me Air Force twenty to seventeen. Air Force nine and three averages sixty-seven passing yards a game. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if they get in a shootout with Baylor, forget about it. Baylor's going to run away with that thing. Yeah, give me Baylor. Uh... 51 to 21. Whoa. Corey Jakes would not be happy with you, boss, with that score. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Next up, Christmas Eve Eve, December 23rd. Shreveport, Louisiana, the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl, Houston against Louisiana. Houston Wait, did is- you actually write down all the bowl game names, too? No, I'm looking on the computer. I actually, I kind of just put the nickname next to my notes, but... uh. I guess I wasted so, my time writing them down. So what, what, we had the, what, was it the uh, the Raging Cajuns? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, Louisiana. The fighting Terry Bradshaws, the Raging Cajuns, Louisiana against Houston. Houston's favored by four. Houston with the best uh, basketball team in the country. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Houston's rolling right now in basketball, and I think that their basketball team is going to help the football team get a little spun up for this. I'm going to pick the Cougars. <laughs> yeah, the. They have to go into the uh, the Big Twelve on a good on a high note, I guess. They've had a down year. I'll, I'll pick Houston too. Houston thirty eight to twenty four. 
Can we abstain from any of these games? No. Uh, bowl season, no. Maybe. Nah, Houston, uh, 38-31. to 31. Uh, All right. Friday, December 23rd, Tampa, Florida. The Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Between... <laughs> <laughs> what are these fucking names? Some of these Jesus companies I never heard of in my life. Um, Gasparilla Bowl, Missouri, Wake Forest. This could be a good game. Wake Forest favored by two and a half. I'll I'll go first for my boy in honor of my boy Sam Hartman, who I'm still holding out hope for that he'll transfer and come to Notre Dame. I'm picking Wake Forest to roll in this game. Wake Forest. 44 to 20 to 29 over Missouri. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to roll. I, I just, dude, ACC pisses me off so much. I'm going to go Missouri in an upset. Ah, all right. I'm going to go with the, uh, the ball in Chris Paul's, uh, <laughs> 31 to 23. Speaking of Chris, Chris, speaking of Chris Paul, this game is off to an awful start. They can No one can hit shots right now. It's disgusting. Oh, boy. All right, Matt. We know we watch this game a lot. Saturday, December 24th, Christmas Eve. The Easy Post Hawaii Bowl. Dude, this is such a great game. It's usually a high-flying game. So, San Diego State, minus four against Middle Tennessee. Although, Hawaii hasn't played in this game in, like, a couple of years, which is disappointing. Well, I mean, Hawaii sucked this year. So uh, they, They've sucked for a few years. I mean, bad. Yeah. So San Diego State minus four against Middle Tennessee, who did be my, who did curb stop Miami this year. So, gentlemen, your your college football pick, Miami. Don't forget. Uh, we don't talk about we don't what talk about. What game does Miami playing? Um, I know if, if Rice if Rice had five wins can get a bowl. How the hell did the U not get a bowl at five wins? Come on. Because they're they're a fucking power five team playing like pathetically. That's why. That's a fall from grace to be in Trevor's playoff pick to not even get in a bowl game. Yeah, I know. Not one of my better. Not one of my better better takes. This fucking playoff team didn't make a bowl game. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm going to go Middle Tennessee State in this game just because they had that good game against Miami, so fuck it. Why not? Uh, give me the fight in Brady hoax here. San Diego State, 41-35. to 35. San Diego State coming off a loss against the Air Force. Give me Middle, middle Tennessee, 34-16. Yeah. to 16. Monday, December 26th, just where everybody wants to be on a Monday in late December in fucking Detroit, Michigan, for the uh, quick lane ball between New Mexico State and Bowling Green. Bowling oh, Green. Before Green. we get into this game, did any of you guys read the story that I posted? It's a different school, but about New Mexican State, uh, New Mexico's basketball team. Yeah, I did see that. that well, was how that enough. fucking yeah, the shooting and like how the coaches fucking pretty much hit it. Yeah. That was like, yeah, isn't that a similar situation to what happened with Baylor like 20 years ago? Like, so this fucking dude, so like, did you guys read out? So the dude uh, was trying to hook up with a girl. When all reality, he went down there and the girl like set him up because uh, to like get his ass kicked. And for some reason, he had a gun with him. So he shot somebody. And then when they tried to ask the coach who was like in control of like making sure the players like watch curfew, they're like, "Oh yeah, we're leaving now." It was this like some fucking crazy ass situation? But if That's we're getting nuts. back to the game here, um, <laughs> let's see. 
Let me get some analysis here. Give me New Mexico State uh, 30, 33 to 25. Return of the Mac. Bowling Green wins in Detroit 33 to 28. Yeah, I'm going to go Bowling Green as well. Just them being in Mac country is going to help them. Trevor, are you writing down the picks? No. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll write them down. I, I got I to gotta tally them all up, so. He'll listen. He'll listen to the podcast when it comes out. So, all right, we're almost done. One of, one of our fan, one of our fans will write it. <laughs> of our five listeners. Um, all right. Wow, well, you're you're being generous right there. <laughs> Someday we'll get big. Yeah. In the meantime, <laughs> we're almost mercifully done with these picks. So, um, Tuesday, December twenty seventh, Dallas, Texas, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, Utah State. And Memphis. Memphis is minus 13. I know you haven't got to Wednesday the 28th yet, but all those games are pretty good. But uh, let me go with... Oh, but they both they both finished the season two and three. Oh, Utah God. State sucks. Yeah. I'm going Memphis. Utah State blows. Yeah, first game, Utah State struggled to beat UConn. That kind of gave bad vibes for the whole year. Um, I think Utah State will cover, but Memphis wins um, 28-17. Give me Memphis 24-12. Tuesday, December 27th, Birmingham, Alabama. The Ticket Smarter. I don't know, is that going to overtake Ticketmaster? Maybe we'll see. The <laughs> ticket, ticket Smarter. They'll be the new the Monopoly. Tickets, the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. East Carolina Pirates against Coastal Carolina Chanteliers. ECU favored by four. I'm yeah, looking I'm forward gonna... to when all the uh, all the Taylor Swift fans realize that Taylor Swift was part of the whole Ticketmaster thing. But that's, that's besides cool. the point. If, she, if, she, if she's the reason why they, she bring, they bring him down, then that's fine with me. Um Real quick about this game. I uh, do not like what's it called. Coast Carolina, I feel like they're trending in the wrong direction right now. East Carolina has not had a bad season. They look pretty good when they played NC State earlier this year. I mean, Coast Carolina couldn't even fucking hang with Troy this past week. Uh, I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the Pirates. ECU. Maybe. Yeah, I'm with ECU's, you. Got, ECU, ECU's got a great fight song, by the way. Real catchy. I really like yeah. it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's really like basic and stupid, but for some reason I used to love, I used to love playing with the Pirates in NCAA football (laughs) six. Love it. Josh Norman (laughs) is smiling down from the heavens. Well, no, he's really crying. I'm taking ECU, forty-one to twenty-one. Did Josh Norman go to Coastal? Yeah, yeah, he did. Um. I don't know if Holton Ayers is going to be playing in the bowl game. He's a quarterback from ECU. He's a lefty. I'm a lefty, so I'm, I'm partial towards lefty lefty quarterbacks. So that's why I'm going to take East Carolina, 35 to 21. Chris All Johnson right. and Chris Johnson and Zay Jones are smiling down from the heavens. Yep, and Vince McMahon too, also a famous ECU alum. <laughs> All right. Um, Tuesday, December 27th, Montgomery, Alabama, the Camilla Bowl. I've never heard of this. So the Camilla Bowl between Georgia Southern and Buffalo. Oh my God! You know, it's actually funny about these games now with the transfer portal. Like, who's even playing in half of these games? 
How the fuck did Buff- how the fuck did Buffalo make a bowl game? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, God. Georgia, Georgia Southern is favored five and a half against Buffalo. Yeah, Georgia Southern has looked Georgia Southern looked competent in some of their games this year. Buffalo has just been like I don't even know what to think. I that I I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do some digging to see how the fuck they changed their season around because Jesus is it? Christ. I'm gonna be I'm honest with you, they're both I'm six thinking, and six thinking, and they both finished the season two and three. So they're kinda yeah. like the same team. Yeah, I'm gonna go Georgia Southern though. I just Buffalo, just like I don't know. It's just, uh, Khalil Mack is gonna be rolling around his grave. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Georgia Southern isn't that Clay Helton's team? I think, or am I wrong? Yeah, that's that is Clay, Clay Helton. Yeah, yeah. Right. It is. Either so Clay, yeah, Clay, Clay Helton will uh, be smiling down from the heavens on the field. Um, <laughs> Georgia Southern, Georgia Southern, thirty-five to thirty-one. I don't fucking know anymore. So. Is Clay Hell in Georgia State or is he Georgia Southern? Georgia Let's look Southern. it up on Google it right now. There we go. Clay Hell. Georgia Southern. You're right. Boom. All right. Uh, Matt, did you make your pick? I'm just looking up random players that went to these schools that are in the NFL. Famous alumni. Doesn't have to be just NFL, it could be any alumni. So that's a new rule I made. It could be like a basketball player. Georgia play. Southern. Georgia Southern, 29-27. All right. Yeah, Luke Cornett, baby, making plays. Mm, Murder Cornett. All right. Tuesday, December 27th. This is usually a good game, actually. Phoenix, Arizona, the guaranteed rate bowl, whatever that is. Um, Wisconsin against Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are favored by one. Yeah, I'm not. I, I just think uh, Fickle's not there to fix the problems that Wisconsin has. I also don't really like Oklahoma State that much either. But yeah, their quarterbacks leaving. Yeah, yeah I don't trust Wisconsin. Transferred. I just don't. I don't trust Wisconsin's offense. I just like that's that's the problem with me. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Oklahoma State. Uh, that that game's gross. That's a fucking gross game. Yeah, it's a tough game with both quarterbacks not playing. Um, Badger Nation, <laughs> let's ride. Oh shit, Jesus, stop. Um, I will say Mike Gundy's gorgeous mullet will get a nice Gatorade bath at the end of this one. So um, give me Oklahoma State 21 to 14. Oklahoma oh, State, God, right? Man. That's where Des Bryant. Bryant went, right? Yeah, Des Bryant smiling down from heaven. Des Bryant smiling down from heaven on this game. Ron, Dane, Ron Dane's rolling around in his grave right now. <laughs> Hold on, I need to do some analysis on this game real quick. Brandon Whedon smiling down from heaven. <laughs> Remember Brandon Williams? Like he was like thirty. Yeah, he was like what, thirty. What, what, he went what there. Possi- what possible analysis could you be possibly doing on this fucking? I'm game trying right to now? see what you, I'm trying to see which backup quarterback has played more. Oh God! <laughs> oh, Oklahoma That's not gonna State's make him. backup quarterback has played way more. Give me Oklahoma oh, State, thirty-three to twenty-one. All right. I feel like this is just never ending. So here we go. Now we're on to Wednesday, December twenty eighth. Well, I know actually Apple... Wednesdays Wednesday's games are aren't terrible. Well, here, here we go. The first one of the day. Annapolis, Maryland, the military bowl between two non military schools, Duke and UCF. Central Florida, the twenty eighteen national champs are favored by four. Hello. Who's going first? I'll go first. Matt. Oh I'm mad, Jesus. I'm trying to do analysis here. All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. Shut up. All right. Um, 
Give me the Knights. The Knights by eight, thirty-one to twenty-three. I'm going UCF as well. Matt's got to do his analysis. So. I don't know. Is maybe J- is Jason Tatum going to be smiling down from the heavens in this game? No. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what? Go ahead. Pick, go ahead. Pick, go ahead. Pick Duke for God's sakes. Give me Duke. Speak of the devil. Thirty-one to twenty-three. Speak of the devil. Tatum just bricked one off the freaking rim. So yeah, it's. Uh... You're saying Taco Falls going to be rolling in his grave, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Wednesday, December 28th, Memphis, Tennessee, AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Arkansas, minus seven against Kansas. This could be a good game, actually. Arkansas, 50 Kansas. to nothing. I'm what? Kansas because Matt's a fucking moron, so go Jayhawks. I'm going to watch that game because if, if Kansas wins again, we'll never let Matt if Kansas finishes the season one in five, and you guys are stomping on my grave because I was one game off. doesn't matter. You were still fucking wrong. Um... Sorry, Zach. I got to roll with Arkansas on this one. 30 to 13, Pig Suey. <laughs> oh, this is usually a good game. December 28th, San Diego, California. San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. <laughs> the Fighting Bo Nixes of Oregon, minus eight against the Drake May and North Carolina. This will be a shootout. Oregon 51 to 48. Yeah, North Carolina, I just don't have. I, I don't think they're that good. I'm going to go Oregon big. I'm going to go Oregon 62 to 49 over North Carolina. <laughs> it's like 100. 62 to 49. So, well over 100 points. All right. Um, Wednesday, December 28th, Houston, Texas, the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Uh, Wayne Kiffin's squad, Ole Miss. No, nope. yeah, sorry, Texas Tech. Against Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech minus 0.5 against Ole Miss. I'm butchering I'm gonna this. Go, I'm going to go Ole Miss. I don't really love it. I don't really love Texas Texas Tech either, but I think Ole Miss has got a little bit more recruits. I'm going to go Ole Miss. Ole Miss 27 to 2. Fuck it. Oh, Ole Miss uh, 31 to 17. All right, the last day before we uh, stop the picks. We'll get into the real picks later in the next episode. But Thursday, December 29th, the Pinstripe Bowl, the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium, Syracuse against Minnesota. The um, the fight in, who's that guy, Marion Barber, rest in peace, fighting Marion Barbers. So um, Syracuse <laughs> against Minnesota. My, Minnesota's favorite six and a half. The fighting Camaro Anthony's. Yep. yep. Uh, well, this I'm was also this. a uh, the pinstripe bowl was also a question on the uh, Jeopardy today. It was, yes, yes. I'm gonna tell you this right now: the Fighting uh, Lawrence Maronis are not a very good football team. <laughs> oh, what a <laughs> fucking throwback! <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> not good, not, not good at all. Um, I, I just have no faith in Minnesota whatsoever. So give me cues. It's funny because I'm the opposite of you, Zach. I have no faith in Syracuse. They started six and zero. They almost went zero and six at the end. Barely finished seven and five. I'm taking Minnesota. Man, what is it called? Man the boats over there. Let's, let's take them to man the boats in the East River. Um, Minnesota by eight thirty to twenty two. Man, Lawrence Maroney smiling. 10, 31, 21. Lawrence, 
Lawrence Maroney smiling down from heaven to you guys. Oh, yeah. What was your pick, Matt? Say it again. 31 to 21, Minnesota. All right. Ooh, another favorite. Uh, Thursday, December 29th, Orlando, Florida, the Cheez-It Bowl. Florida State and Oklahoma. Florida State minus one. Florida State's rolling right now. Oklahoma State's kind of a shell of itself, and they've had a rough year. I'm gonna. I think Florida State's gonna win, and they're gonna keep rolling to the next year. They're gonna be a team to keep an eye on next year. So look out. I'm gonna give me the Seminoles against all convention. I'm gonna pick Oklahoma, even though I I, I shouldn't. I'll just fuck it. I'll pick Oklahoma to win this one. Uh, let's go 31 to 28. Last second field goal. Oklahoma wins. Joe Mixon smiling down from heavens after Florida <laughs> State curb stomps Oklahoma 51-31. But why would Joe Mixon be smiling down from heavens? He's played for Oklahoma. <laughs> I know he did. I know. You know, you know what? He's, he's smiling. happy he lost. He's smiling he down from lost. heavens no matter what. He's happy he lost. He's just a happy guy it doesn't matter you can't get him down you cannot get joe mixon down at all honestly i'm just naming random people from these teams oh my god jesus <laughs> all right who's that, who's that fucking guy that uh could have played in the nfl i mean he wasn't great from florida state but he he became like a doctor instead myron myron roll Rose yeah Stop. myron roll smiling down from heavens 51 myron, to 31 florida state myron roll, literally performing open heart surgery smiling down from the heavens <laughs> Honor, hey, I want to give a shout out to that dumbass I ran into at Buster's like years ago who told me that Francois was going to be a better quarterback than JT Barrett. Hey, you know, Francois's name came up. He got drafted by the XFL a few weeks ago. There so. you go. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> XFL 3.0 coming this uh, this winter. Yeah, so uh, Jeff, Jeff, Brom, Jeff Brom played in the fucking XFL too. So, I mean, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mercifully, last game of the fucking night. Here we go. Thursday, December 29th, San Antonio. Always a good game as well. The Valero Alamo Bowl. Washington and Texas. Texas favorite four and a half. This is, is going to be an interesting game. Isaiah Thomas smiling down from heaven. Washington's going to win 31 to 27. Something so dumb in me tells me that Texas is going to win this game. So I'm going to go with Texas. It just just makes it like when you right when you pick think they're gonna lose they're gonna fucking win and this is what I, I expect them to win this game too so give me Texas. I agree with that. Um, that. Hey, Jesus Christ, Mur- Murder Cornet is getting a lot of minutes tonight. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Avery Bradley smiling down from the heavens for Texas. Um, Vince Young. Vince Young, of course, Vy. Uh, Hook'em Horns, thirty to twenty-seven. Uh, Texas. All right, before we go, did you guys see this? Uh, there was like, this crazy uh, women's basketball fight the other day between um, TCU and George Washington. One of the girls was named Bella Cravens. Uh, she got really pissed that somebody pulled on her ponytail, just like went ham on the other girl. And I'll tell you that name right now because you need to look her up on Instagram. She is an absolute fucking smoke show. <laughs> Will do. Like, yeah, you you will not be disappointed if you see her. So um, that's my last spiel for the night. Obviously, the next episode, we'll get into the real picks, the New Year's Six, 
our thoughts on the playoffs, all that good shit. That'll be after Christmas, everybody. If you're for our three fans out there who are listening to the podcast, so you have to wait till after Christmas to get the rest of the bowl picks. Love it. You guys have a nice night. Uh, this was fun. Can't wait for bowl season. See you at the Wasabi Bowl, Zach. I will not be there. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Late to the Party podcast.